podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from Fancy Football Scout as we look ahead to Fancy Premier League game week 22 and the rest of 2024. It's General's orders time as Mark, aka the FPL General, uh, reveals his thoughts and plans for the upcoming game week. My name is Joe. Mark, welcome. How are you? I'm good, Joe. Uh, I say I'm good, but FPL-wise, I'm not so good. I'm I'm hoping this is going to be a bit of a therapy session with yourself to get me through yeah. th- this very long January, and it's the worst possible time to have a, a terrible game week, which I'm currently having. So we need Mr. Estupinen from your, your boys, Brighton, to, yeah. to bail me out on Monday night. Well, we're quite similar. Um I've I've only got oh I think I'm on I took a hit so I'm on fifty points so you're on about forty four but we'll put your team up in a sec and then um, uh, yeah and we're both relying on a stupid ad to save our game week um, but yeah we've both taken a bit a bit of a drop in the rankings this week but it's still very tight still very close and um, I noted this week as well neither of us have Darwin Nunes um, because we're quite sensible managers who like players that are totally nailed on and put away their chances and uh, but I noticed when I was doing a preparation for the scout cast um, tonight uh, Rich not only has him in this team but captained him which is a very bold move and as a result I think he's gone up around about 150 places so he's um, I think ahead of you and very close to me in the yeah. and he was no amazing race yeah um, so that that's how close it is and all you need is one good call in one good week um okay um just before we go on just reminder to everyone to do press that like button and do subscribe as well um and also do check out fantasyfootballscout.co.uk for the latest members offers as well okay so let's have a look at your team currently as as i said um you and i are relying on a stupid um let's hope let's hope he gets one of his goals assists clean sheet uh halls that are rare but happen um so you do you want to take us through your team and some of your decisions because i seem to remember your bus team having palmer captain um and that's changed yeah so just for the audio listeners the team ended up with david ryan goal Oro stupid and trent's four and bowen saka captain and palmer and the three stooges up front who did nothing alvarez watkins and solanke so first up Gusto will sub in for Trent for five points, which is yep. very much needed. Um, I ended up just leaving Bowen in the starting 11. I always okay. thought small chance. You never know with David mm-hmm. Moyes. And it, and it turned out that he did play. So I was quite excited when I seen Bowen in the starting 11 against Sheffield United. But of course, he added to the sea of blanks this mm-hmm. week. Uh, the transfer ended up being Salah out for Phil Foden. I ended up spending a lot of time, uh, I think on the last video, Foden versus Odegaard. Uh, I wasn't really sure which way to go. Mm-hmm. Double game week factor for City, kind of one out in the end. And of course, both blanked. And Richarlison, who was probably third in line, yeah. scored. So I, I did not enjoy seeing Richarlison score. But at least it was Pedro Porro who got the assist for that one. Yeah. Um, pretty pretty frustrating game week because this is obviously a, a recently wildcarded squad. Two weeks ago, Gabriel was in my team since game week one. Mm. Suffered through all the pain, all the benchings, all the price drops. Mm-hmm. And then you wildcard and you take him out. You put Riot in instead. And Gabriel goes and almost yeah. scores twice. Thankfully, it was just an assist in the end. But mm. it's it's one of those things in FPL where, I mean, the chances of Gabriel getting a 16-17 pointer are extremely low. You know, it might never happen again. Uh, at least I did have the the David Riot insurance against yeah. it a wee bit. But of course, when other things didn't go well, Saka blanks in a in a five goal game. I did switch over from Palmer. Mm. I think that was a close decision for a lot of people. Yeah. So all in all, just one of those weeks where. Very little went right, and a lot of other players that other managers had 
obviously performed well in captaincy. I just miss owning pair my captain Haaland because yeah. I think I struggle a bit when when I need to go elsewhere. Yeah, same with me with with Haaland missing and Salah as well. Salah's so reliable, um, getting those returns. And without them, it's hard to know where to put the armbands. And I know a bit later we'll talk about some Man City options because they face Burnley in game week 22. And that's probably the standout fixture from a captaincy point of view. Um, but yeah, I had similar issues um, to you as well. I mean, I did I did get G- Gabriel's haul and, and I, I maintain no matter what, I deserve it because I kept him for game week one <clears throat> when he let everyone down. Um, so yeah, he owed me. And also I benched him for his previous goal against Liverpool. Um, uh, but yeah, it's very, it's, it, it's, Lots of tricky things. I, I also got Foden in as well, and that that Foden. But I'm feel happy having Foden. I don't know how you feel with Foden in your side. I know we talk about Man City in a bit, but I I think yes, he blanked in this game, but he's still an attacking player in a very attacking side with a double game week coming up. So I I feel okay having Foden. I don't mind him blanking. Yeah, I'm quite a happy new owner. Obviously, uh, a blank straight off the bat is not what I was hoping for, um, especially in another you know good city performance where they scored goals. But again, frustrating this week when you see the likes of Jota, Richarlison in the points. But long term, give that four or five game weeks, factor in the double game week. And I'm still confident that Phil Fone will be a good pick and, and should return points. So it was never a short term transfer. So he's um, he's going to be in there for a while, I think. And um, well, I've sort of learned something this week. I, I... I don't know whether whether you have as well, but around around Saka Palmer captaincy, because um, I was zooming and ring about it, and it obviously ended up with Saka um, as well for that blank. Um, and then there's a lot of people saying it was the wrong decision, and obviously it's not the wrong decision. Saka's an attacking player in an attacking side, um, and you know I you know I think you know it's he it could have could have got a haul, might not have done. It's just just the way it is, but. <clears throat> I did a bit of research during the week. <laughs> this game week preparation has been so long and I've been doing doing a number of videos this week. And one of the videos I did was on Team Talisman and about looking at those who are most involved. So I did it for the for the for this season so far, but did it as by it's by goal involvement when they're on the pitch. So obviously now that's got players like say Chris Wood at Nottingham Forest in there. But I was focusing on those talisman from attacking sides. And by that, I'm talking Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City. Um, and and from Arsenal, there were no talisman. There was, and by talisman, I mean getting at least 40% goal involvement. And there weren't any. And because Jesus might score, Martinelli might score, Odegaard might score, Saka might score. But with Chelsea, and they were listed as quite an attacking side in terms of actual goals, it was Palmer. And Palmer was there. And so, for example, Newcastle, another attacking side, Isaac is there. But Arsenal had no one. Um, Man City was Haaland. That's no surprise there. Liverpool, Salah, no surprise there. But it made me think that if I'd have done that research before I'd made the decision, that would have swayed me towards Palmer, I think. Um, It's all in hindsight now. But I do do look back at that and think if I'd have done that research before, I I would have made a different decision. Yeah, and it, but again, it's. I feel like you know we got the right game for the captaincy. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know if you're if you're going, someone's going to tell you one team's going to score five and the other's going to score once. Mm. I think it was one that Chelsea scored. You, you're always going to back a player from from the attacking team who score five. So, I think it's just one of those things. Yes, Saka hasn't been mm. as good as he's been in previous seasons FPL wise, but 
you know, I watched that Arsenal game and he was in the box. There was a, quite a few occasions where he was available. Um, you know, Martinelli, on, you know, maybe on both occasions, you know, took mm. the shots on and Saka is in good positions. Um, again, I always say on another day, you get a Palmer blank and you get Saka getting yeah. mul- multiple goal involvements yeah. in, in the five goals. So I still feel like if, a, if, if I was on that decision, let's say in four weeks time, um, I still think I'd probably go Saka again mm-hmm. if... You know, even with what we know now, but I, I do take your point on the the talisman theory, and obviously it's been something I've been thinking about as well. And it, it does, it's all you know. Ivan Tony comes to mind from Brentford as mm. well. When when you get a goal notification, yeah, you just you just knew yesterday it was yeah. going to be Ivan Tony when the Brentford goal came yeah, through, and you can say the same about Palmer these mm. days, and you can't say that about Saka. So certainly one to keep in mind going forward um, with our picks and with our captains. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's why on this talisman list, I did have Bowen there, even though West Ham aren't a very attacking side. I do think I was well, I was quite surprised yesterday when I saw the result of that game. And it was like Bowen, sorry, my door's just open because the, do- the, the dog is about to come in, hopefully. Or, say hello. or not. <laughs> in a second, the dog will come in. Um, but yeah, so I, I was looking at that and I was thinking, well, you know, Bowen must have got like a couple of goals, a couple of assists. And so it was quite surprising. But I, I I didn't actually watch that game, but it sounds sounds like it was completely teapots. <laughs> yeah, I watched it, and again, it was another frustrating one as a as a Bowen owner because two chances in particular come to mind. There was there was one early doors. He was in the box, just beat the defender, and on his left foot, you just fancy him to stick one in the bottom corner, but he dragged it wide, and then there was a corner that just landed right at his feet, you know, mm-hmm. six yards out, and he, I think yeah. he was surprised about how good a chance it was. So. In the positions, as he always is, he, he's like a magnet, yeah. Jarbo, in, in the box. So mm-hmm. uh, again, a blank. But you know, I look at this. I look at this team: Foden blanks, Bowen blanks, mm-hmm. the three strikers. Fast forward a game week, all five of those guys could do well. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're still good. They're still fine FPL picks. So yeah. there's no need to panic yeah. after a after a bad game week. And I think again, not too much in terms of general's orders this week. We'll hold off on that for next week. But overall. Just to throw it in, we're going to learn a lot this week. You know, there's a lot of cup competitions before, you know, the deadline's not until until next Tuesday. So the, the overall order this week is just be patient. Uh, again, wait for the information, especially if you're like me and you've had a bad game week. Mm-hmm. The temptation is always to try and fix things right away. But I'll just be sitting with us, looking at my my big fat red arrow for, for the best part of a week and, and not doing anything until next Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. And um, also, I mean, just going back to the Saka point as well about sort of not being hasty, because I know a lot of people would have probably rage transferred him out. But I saw this post, it was from uh, Late Riser, actually. It was quite interesting. It was something that he had noted, that he had hoped that Arteta had got the wingers, as in Saka, Martinelli, or indeed Trossard starting, much closer to goal, much closer to the, the penalty box rather than hogging the touchline. And he he felt he saw that. He felt he saw Saka and Trossard and Martinelli doing that and it was in fact Martinelli and Trossard who benefited but another week it could have been Saka so he felt there was a change there and it was something that I I was hopeful for you know very optimistic that that Arteta looked like the kind of manager that was going to make Arsenal better during the break yeah and you know five goals shows that he did and again I I watching the game in terms of the eye test with Saka he's there's been a lot of occasions this season where he's been non-existent really you know is hogging the touchline and doesn't get too many good opportunities. And he didn't have too many good opportunities at the weekend either. But there was enough there for me to think he's 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 certainly not anywhere near the weakest link in my team just yet. No. And Nottingham Forest coming up next, which is absolutely fine. And again, 
more importantly, a good performance from Arsenal and lots of goals. So hopefully that continues. And if it does, Saka will be involved eventually. So uh, a bit of patience with him, I think. Um, OK, let's have a look at the season ticker. So this is from 22 up to 28. And we've got the Man City double in here, which Man City have Chelsea and Brentford in 25. Um, so immediately that says target Man City. They've got a sea of blue fixtures as well. Brentford also double. Liverpool, Man City. But we've seen what Ivan Tony can do over the years, recent years. Um, this also shows that Brighton are top still uh, in terms of fixtures. Aston Villa have a strong fixture run. So do Crystal Palace. They may or may not be with their current manager by then. Um, uh, Arsenal as well have a very strong fixture run. Uh, Burnley, Chelsea, Everton and Nottingham Forest are the, uh, amongst those with uh, poorer fixtures um, there. In, and as you were talking about patience and what could change, what we might know is who is going to be in the League Cup final and will blank in 26. So that could be um, Chelsea against Tottenham and it could be Liverpool against um who are they playing there? Liverpool against Luton. Um, so they could be a blank then and they could be doubles in 25 possibly as well. So we'll know, uh, we'll certainly be a bit clearer about that situation. But aside from those, those issues there, but I mean, looking at the, the fixture ticker, what, what does it look f like for you in terms of potential future targets as, as someone who you know looks at the fixtures? Yeah, well... I should be pretty well set up already when you look at a fixture ticker with a wild card just recently played because it obviously the scout fixture ticker plays a big part in any wild card squad that I build. So, you know, I look straight away at the top of the ticker, bright, and I've got a Stupin in already in place. Man City, I've got Alvarez and Foden, and obviously we'll get Haaland back as soon as he's available. Then Villa come in next. You've got Ollie Watkins in there already. Arsenal, I've got Saka, I've got David Raya. Uh, it's more the upcoming doubles that are catching my eye now with with you know possible uh, next few transfers so Brentford and again another reason to be patient this week is you know you look at a double game week on the horizon for Brentford for Ivan Tony but we've got nine or ten days left of that of the transfer window uh, and he probably will stay at Brentford but we just don't know uh, I mean I watched the Arsenal game at the weekend and I thought Gabriel Jesus, he was, it was really frustrating to watch, actually, as a, as a Saka owner, because Jesus got caught offside five, six, seven times. And I was just watching that Arsenal game and I was thinking, Ivan Tony's just a perfect fit for this team. So it'll be interesting to see if anything does happen there, because obviously there's been a lot of links. I think he's an Arsenal fan as well. So you could buy Tony this week looking at a fixture ticker and he might not have a double game week by the time we get to the 1st of February because he could be playing for another team. So just be careful with those kind of things as well. Um, yeah, I mentioned Manchester City. Liverpool, likely double game week, but we'll obviously get confirmation of that in the near future, depending on the results later this week. Um, it didn't feel good having no Liverpool players for that big performance. Uh, I had Trent on the bench. Jota and Darwin have put their hands up now, I think, mm. uh, especially for managers like ourselves who are maybe a bit more reluctant to go there. Yeah. If Salah's injury is going to be you know, longer than we expect, maybe we can go there. So, uh, yeah, plenty to take away from this from this ticker. OK. Um, now, you mentioned when you looked at your team uh, about your strikers um, were blanking um, and you were a bit frustrated there. So you have recently wildcarded, but as you said, there's potential... Um, fixture movements as well, but also form comes into it, especially with strikers um, and goals breed goals <laughs> for strikers. I've seen that time and time again. It's often the best metric of picking a striker is who scored last week. And it sounds like you're chasing points, but I don't think you are with strikers because they're just, they, they just go off confidence there. And a, a, a striker without confidence 
it's not a striker you really want. Um, so I've got a table of the best strikers over the last six matches. And this is last six matches they have played, not the last six game weeks. Hence Haaland being in there still. So it's the last six matches he's played. Um, and um, I'm hopeful this might give you some ideas about what you might do with your strikers at the moment. Because you've got um, quite, quite a traditional strike force at the moment. You know, Watkins, um, Solanke and Al- Alvarez. Um, but this this shows that in terms of minutes per expected goal involvement, non-penalty, Darwin Nunes, who uh, I have, well, I haven't been too keen on owning and then I got rid of and now we start scoring. Um, but nevertheless, um, he's got eight minutes per expected goal involvement, non-penalty every 84 minutes. So basically a goal involvement a game. So that's just above Haaland. So he's a bit better than Haaland at the moment. Um, Chris Wood is behind them a minutes per expected goal involvement every 121 minutes and he is the talisman for Nottingham Forest at the moment Alvarez who is in your team every 128 minutes then you've got Gakpo Isaac uh, Jimenez Pedro Brighton remember Brighton have those great fixtures Solanke uh, uh, Jesus Tony has appeared in this even though he's only played two matches he's still got a minutes per expected goal involvement non-penalty from his one start of every 180 minutes. Uh, so very small metric there, but we know what he can do before. Then you've got Edward behind him and Kuna at Wolves. So there's a, there's a lot of choice, isn't there? Which makes me feel pleased I've got a sort of a, a three-man... I haven't got like an archer stinking up the team, for example. Because you can even have Chris Wood at 4.9 million. But anyway, there's that list there just for the benefit of those listening on the podcast. What does this tell you about what you might do with your strikers? Yeah, there's there's plenty of options out there. I'm just getting a, a bit impatient, I think, with the Watkins, Alvarez, Solanke strike forces to be a bit underwhelming last mm. last couple of game weeks. So you're always obviously going to start looking at possible shedding new toys. Mm. So Haaland's the obvious one. So whenever he's back, he'll he'll come straight back in. But it, it now could be for any of the front three. Mm. Initially, I was thinking, you know, Alvarez goes to Haaland, easy straight swap. But I kind of like the idea of also having a, Manchester City attack and triple up for their double if Haaland's back maybe keep Alvarez a little bit longer Haaland and Foden sounds sounds pretty explosive if they if they score lots of goals and elsewhere Watkins I've had him since game week one uh, but I don't want to fall into the trap of being too loyal to him either if uh, a better performance striker emerges better value better fixtures all that kind of stuff I will be open to moving Uh, and Solanke as well he's been great but two blanks, I think it is, in the last couple mm. of game weeks. Fixtures are okay, short term, so he mm. probably will get a bit more time. But players like, you know, Isak's been excellent this season. There's always the the concern with Wilson, but whenever Wilson's got issues, mm. I think Isak's one, up there with, as one of the best FPL strikers there is. Darwin, I don't think I've been on Darwin at all this season. I've been quite reluctant to go there. Um but, you know, if you take away all the, the narrative that goes with, with Darwin and you just look at the figures, if you look at the FPL page and you look at his goals and assists, mm. yeah, it's pretty good for his price. Yeah. Um, and if if Liverpool do get that double game week in, in 25, then mm-hmm. I'm certainly not going to rule out going there. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if my strikers, basically my strikers are all, you know, playing for their places at the moment yeah. and players like Darwin are just waiting there as, as possible replacements. And Tony's an obvious one. If he stays at Brentford, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to find it hard to resist getting them, yeah. especially with the double gimmick in mind. The fixtures don't bother me. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've got uh, Harlan still in my team. So <laughs> he's just going to stay, I think, until he's back. Um, and yeah, Tony is someone I'm looking at as well. 
Um, but I'm, I, I'd be reluctant to part with Watkins for the next fixture game at 22. Is that home to Newcastle? Newcastle are pretty poor defensively, away from home especially. Um, so I do fancy Watkins to get a return there. Um, and then you've got Sheffield United away, and that's a tough sell as well for Watkins. Then you've got Manchester United at home, Fulham away. That's when I'm starting to look at perhaps ditching Watkins if he's still not performing. And I think you make a good point about uh, Bournemouth, about with Solanke, that obviously he has blanked last couple, but his last couple of weeks have been quite tough. In, in, and he's got West Ham away, and then Nottingham Forest uh, at home, Fulham uh, away. I mean, these aren't too bad. And then when you get Newcastle away in 25, that's sort of when, that's when Solanke could become Tony for me, I think. Um, and, and then it's Pedro. Now, Pedro t- is playing tonight for Brighton. And with Luton, Crystal Palace, Tottenham, Sheffield United, Everton, Fulham, Nottingham Forest, a really great run, the best run of fixtures at the moment. He is definitely playing as a Brighton fan for a place in my team. So if anyone does go, I might do something like Solanke to Pedro, maybe, or Solanke to Tony, um, or perhaps Watkins at some point as well. But yeah, it's tough though, isn't it? it it's, it's, it's getting the timing right, but there's so, there's so much choice and there's so many good ones with good fixtures coming up as well. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I think I think um, FPL strike forces might start to shake up a wee bit over the next few weeks if those we mentioned keep blanking. And Pedro's a very attractive one, I think. Pedro's arguably the most overlooked FPL <laughs> attacker because a lot of us, myself included, started the season with him and got burned by a bit of rotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you've got to forget about that because he's been great since. And obviously a few injuries at Brighton has increased his minutes, penalties. Just a very good player. And we mentioned earlier on the season ticker, Brighton are right at the top. So the other thing about Pedro is, you know, very cheap when we're going to want to get expensive midfielders back. Mm-hmm. We might want to get Kevin De Bruyne for a double game week, for mm-hmm. example. So Pedro is a great enabler. I kind of view him, I've got Garnacho. I know he's a bit cheaper, yeah. but you could even get away with Pedro as, a, yeah. as an eighth attacker for people who, who like to go down that route. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with, <clears throat> you know, what, I mean, a lot of people have still got Salah in their team as well. Police, my dog barking. Um, a, a lot of players have still got Salah in their team as well. So it's a lot of money. It's a lot of cash. And Haaland, people like me, have still got him. It's a lot of cash there. But you can get away with it at the moment. Garnacho. There's literally a fighter jet going over my house at the moment. Probably. And my dog barking, which presumably that's why my dog's barking. Uh, we, I live quite near to uh, Yeovilton, uh, which is uh, the Royal uh, Navy Air Service place. Given the gimmick that we've had, it's probably the Red Arrows passing by. It could be. Occasionally you see the Red Arrows over here. But, um, yeah, often it's um, some crazy jet fighters. Um, <clears throat> I've completely lost my train of thought there with the dog and the fighter jets. Um <clears throat> I mean, yeah. So essentially, what was that? What was it talking about? Was it talking about the, about the strikers? Um, we're on Pedro. Yeah, that's it. That's it, Pedro. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I think with Pedro, I think he's a really good. Uh, just not as just as a Brighton, not just as a Brighton fan, but I just think he's a really good asset to own because he's on penalties and the likes of a Dingra, a Matoma to compete for his plate. The many places he can play up top, they're just not around at the moment as well. Um, so I do think he is good, but it's just it's just getting the timing right. And I think um, those who've timed, say, Darwin Nunes correctly, you can only do that with hindsight. I had him for a couple of weeks and I, I was just frustrated and I just didn't enjoy it at all. And I still wouldn't, I don't think, even though obviously I would enjoy a, a double digit haul. But I just don't think 
it's just timing it right. And Liverpool's fixtures, they got Chelsea at home and Arsenal away. And I don't know if I would jump on Darwin Nunes then. It's that Burnley at home game in 24 when I would think about him, especially if he's got a double in 25. Yeah, again, I was the way this game week was uh, spread out, I managed to catch a lot of games, which was good. And I watched the first half of Liverpool and, again, watching Darwin closely. I came away from it thinking, no interest whatsoever in this guy. You know, there's a lot of things he did badly, you know, giving mm. up possession in the final third and stuff like that. But, again, when you strip all that away, he gets into the positions and, and he does have a decent amount of attacking returns. I think I've seen a tweet that... Is he the first player this season who has ten goals, ten assists in all yes. competitions? Yeah. So we can't we can't ignore the numbers. Um, I think he's one of those players. The key is if you if you're going to buy him, don't watch him. Just uh, <laughs> check check the result and check his points. And and quite often the points are are, are fine. Again, just remember his price. He's seven point four. Yeah. You're not paying eleven million for this mm-hmm. guy. So mm-hmm. we maybe need to those of us who've been maybe reluctant to go there or been burned before. We we probably need to reframe it a wee bit and uh, and maybe just be a bit more open to the idea. Yeah. And also those who do own him, uh, do remember, though, that whilst Darwin Nunes does have 28 points, three goals and an assist last six matches, Chris Wood has 40 points and is considerably cheaper with five goals and an assist. So it's really Chris Wood owners that we should be congratulating. Uh, I'm just a bitter for getting rid of Darwin Nunes. Um, okay, uh, Man City players. Now, your team, you are currently, um, well, we'll look at your bus team in a sec. But you're looking presumably at a Man City option because of that um, great fixture at home to Burnley. But that does come two or three days after an important cup match with Tottenham. Um, And we still a bit in the dark at the moment about Haaland. So far, he's with the team wherever they are in uh, the warm weather training, but he's not actually training at the moment. And that's currently at around late morning on a Monday. Um, so he, we might have some news later in the day. Meanwhile, I've got Kevin De Bruyne, who is possibly only going to play 30 minutes, but can get a hat trick in that 30 minutes. Um, some Man City players should be on our mind and you've got Alvarez and Foden. So I've got a table of Man City options and I did a whole video on Man City options, attacking ones and defending ones, but it's just the attacking ones we're looking at here. And this shows that De Bruyne is your man for minutes per expected goal involvement. Small sample, but we know what he can do over a number of years. But in minutes per expected goal, every 61 minutes. Haaland is just behind him with 67 minutes. Bear in mind, I did this uh, last week. So that's why the, some of the figures are slightly different to that um, uh, attacking uh, the attackers table. Um, and then you've got Oscar Bob as well. He's making the most of his appearances. Uh, minutes per expected goal involvement every 69 minutes. Alvarez every 107 minutes. Doku every 170 minutes. And Foden's in there as well every 178 minutes. He has got a, a goal involvement there and he's created 17 chances. So I look at this table and I think, yeah, Foden, good option. Haaland, if he was fit, a good option. De Bruyne is probably the best. And if I get De Bruyne in for Salah this week, I'd probably put the armband on him. I'd take 20 minutes, 30 minutes of De Bruyne. Yeah, I've just, while you've been talking, I've been doing some tinkering. I shouldn't have done it. But um, once you put the table up and I see De Bruyne there, uh, it just got me thinking. Yeah. You know, let's say we get news that Haaland is not going to be available yeah. for this Burnley fixture. We talked about Saka earlier. I said I'm probably going to give him some more patience, but I've got nine million in the bank burning a hole. <laughs> 
Um, so I just had a look to see if I'd be able to get De Bruyne and then still be able to get Haaland easily. So I actually could. So if there was no other issues, something I could look at. If I get to next week, Monday, Tuesday, and I think De Bruyne is the best captain for the game week, mm. I could do Saka to De Bruyne for the armband. Yeah, And I would still have enough cash to get Haaland in a straight swap for Alvarez or Solanke. Mm. So that would end up leaving me with De Bruyne, Foden, and yeah, Haaland. I'd yeah. have to sell Alvarez actually that's... because I don't really have the, the three. I mean... So it's just something that I hadn't really thought about. Uh, and again, that's something for me to think about for the next week and, and obviously monitor the other games in between and see how the cup game goes and if there's any team leaks, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, De Bruyne made a huge impression, didn't he, when he came mm. on in that game? It's FPL managers. I think we'd all love to be there. We do mm. have our doubts over minutes, but our minutes going to be massively concerning. Even if he gets thirty here, sixty here, he's he's probably going to do damage. So um, he, he even captaining him for you know sixty minutes or thirty minutes, mm. it, it almost feels as good as captaining yeah. anyone else. So. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the the FA Cup game is going to be absolutely key. So, for example, in that game, if if De Bruyne starts that, that would say to me he's not going to start the Burnley game. But if he's on the bench again, and so and then he you know comes on in the 60th minute, 70th minute in that Spurs game, then that says to me he's still his minutes are still being managed to that extent. And so I I would say with Burnley he's going to he could even start it because it's because it's that sort of game where he could he could start and do 60 minutes but I think he would get 30 minutes and I would I would also you know, there's the other possibility he might not play at all if he gets significant minutes in that Spurs game in which case have a good vice captain um but yeah I think obviously Haaland is top but I can't get De Bruyne you you've just worked out you've got a way to it I've got a way to De Bruyne what it doesn't seem it just seems a logical thing to do with the knowledge we have at the moment but bear in mind there's going to be significant changes we think obviously with that with that cup game um yeah yeah it's going to be it, it, it's going to keep weighing my mind but one thing i'm not going to do and i know you're not is press the button and get de bruyne in now yeah it's funny it's something i think um Maybe those of us who take the game too seriously and overthink it, sometimes I like to just rewind it back and say, what would a casual manager do? Mm. What would someone who doesn't put as much time in do? They would just see De Bruyne against Burnley. They would just buy him. Yeah. And very often it turns out quite well yeah. for, for managers who put very little thought into it. So one one caveat is if I, if I did commit to the De Bruyne route this week, then Haaland back, it's going to be tricky to get Salah and it might be a minus four. So I need to just keep that in mind. Yeah. If it has too much of a knock-on effect to get Salah back for a possible Liverpool double and obviously, in, you know, fitness dependent on Salah, but um, certainly, certainly De Bruyne is one to chew on for the next week or so. I think with the, I mean, looking at the news we've got here, so obviously he's got a hamstring injury. He's gone back to Liverpool from the Egypt squad, but if he ends up being fit enough and Egypt qualify for the semi-finals, then he'll go back to AFCON so either way either way injured or not he's not playing he's not playing 23-24 I don't think I can't see him playing in those matches we might have more news later but as it stands at the moment he's not back until 25 I would imagine um yeah it sounds that way so for me I've I've still held him because I'm absolutely insane this season with keeping hold of people even though they're injured so I'm definitely going to move him on 
Um, because at least we have a definite there. With Haaland, it's like, oh, we might get fit, might not. And I think that, that last Newcastle game was the first time Pep said, no, he's definitely not playing. We just didn't know um, with the previous ones. Um, but at least with Salah, we've got some inkling. He's just not, that's just not going to happen. So, yeah, you don't have to, in my case, I can I can swap him out and then worry about getting Salah back via Saka. In your case, you don't have to worry about it for about two or three weeks at least. So you should be okay. But yeah, you, yeah. you might face a tough choice. And I guess you've got Alexander-Arnold. I don't in my team. So that is the difference between getting Yeah, Salah I'm kind of happy Trent already in place. That was mm. kind of the reason for keeping him was um, mm. him and Bowen. It was was basically hopefully they're back quickly. And then it saves the saves the transfers later. Yeah. Just on the Manchester City guys again, if I don't buy Kevin De Bruyne and if we don't have Erling Haaland, mm. I will have Foden and Alvarez. And I think if it's a straight shootout between those two for the armband, keen to hear your thoughts on that. I don't think it's straightforward. No. I've owned Alvarez for a long time and he can be quite frustrating. Um, Foden often passes the eye test but doesn't always get the FPL points. But again, probably the penalty factor would probably swing me towards Alvarez. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people captained him a couple of weeks ago and he, and he got his goal. So any thoughts on that as a captaincy decision if we, if it comes to it? Well, yeah, I mean, I think I think there's sort of various tiers. So as you said about De Bruyne, he's sort of the casual's choice. And I would also say he's also the dullard choice as well. And that's bearing in mind if Haaland's not available. And all of this is caveated. If Haaland is available, he is the captain. So if he's not available, then down to De Bruyne. And then you're looking at others. So you're looking at minutes whether they're going to start or not. I think Foden will start the Spurs game. So I don't know whether he'll start and play in the Burnley game. But once again, 30, the last 30 minutes could be good enough for a haul. I think the sexy Maverick pick is Doku in this game. I think him against Burnley could be outrageous. And that will be the moment, like with people captaining Darwin Nunes this week, or, or Jota even this week, Docker will be the cool Maverick differential king one. So in a long in a, in a long way of saying, I think that all of the Man City options, there's something good you can say about them. But Pep might have other things to say about that with the team sheet. And that that puts a caveat over them all for the captaincy. And if I don't go for De Bruyne or Haaland, I don't think I would trust any of the others for the captaincy. I think Doku's just would be cool to have. Um, and I, But I don't quite trust Foden for minutes in that particular game. I don't think he's a rotation risk. I just think for that particular game. And so I, I mean, part of me, I don't have Richarlison, but he's at home to Brentford and I think he might be the best captain. Yeah, I was looking at a few captaincy candidates this morning for, for the 59th Minute podcast, which I'm doing on Tuesday. And Richardson was up there, I think, maybe in my top three. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at the fixtures here as well. Elsewhere, there's not a huge amount of fixtures that jump out this upcoming game week for captaincy. I don't think too many people will be confident to captain a Saka now away yeah. to Nottingham Forest, given that he's been disappointing. Elsewhere, Villa play Newcastle, so that kind of rules that game out for me for the armband Liverpool Chelsea probably likewise so it's not um it's not straightforward I even another rogue choice uh you mentioned Doku someone like a Rashford even for those who have him yeah. uh, you know I wouldn't be against it you know I think it's good that players like Jota went big last game week 
uh, it, it might open the door or make people more likely to mm-hmm. to take a punt on the captaincy while Haaland is not available because if you can get it right, it's obviously the the easiest way to shoot up the rankings um, yeah. if, if you can nail it. I mean, but both of us this week got a captaincy blank and both of us have taken a, a red arrow, but it's not a major red arrow. We're not like miles away from where we were. Um, and that's because, and that sums up the differential week it was. So Palmer and Saka both had over 100% effective ownership. But, you know, you had Jota captainers, you had Tony captainers, Darwin captainers. And, and game week 22, if Haaland is not available, and we presume Salah isn't as well, it's going to be wide open again. And De Bruyne is going to be quite, he's, I mean, he's shot up uh, twice now. He's probably going to go up a third time. I think he could end up being quite, well-owned in comparison to where we were at game week 21. And I also think, you know, you're going to get some Watkins captainers. You're going to get some Isaac captainers. You know, you see what I'm saying here? You're going to get a whole bunch of people captaining different players and you're going to get Foden captainers. So I don't think it's not, it's the week where there's huge gains to be made, but it could be the week where Hopefully, fingers crossed, if you get the captaincy wrong, it shouldn't matter too much because there's such a widespread in your mini leagues and the overall rankings. It's um, thinking of the way FPL Twitter is these days. To me, it always it feels like a lot of people end up converging on the same captain as the week progresses. Last week, a lot of people talked about Palmer earlier in the week, but the majority of people ended up switching over to Saka mm-hmm. myself as well and I think if, if you if you do see a few content creators going a certain way you know the sheep do tend to follow um, but well done to those who stuck with Palmer and, and got mm-hmm. the rewards for that but I'm thinking ahead to next week I can already see a scenario where depending on the minutes mm-hmm. in the Manchester City Cup game a lot of people could converge to you know when you see the team reveals on FPL Twitter next Tuesday evening transfer De Bruyne and captain yeah. Kevin De Bruyne yeah. Yeah. I can see it happening yeah. so um it'll be interesting to see how that plays out yeah definitely and I think I mean going back to that point I made earlier about about the Palmer captaincy decision and that if if I'd have done that research afterwards and I think I mean you've made the point before I think it was in your um new year's resolutions video about about looking at um Oh, no, it was actually around about that time. I think it was a General's Orders video. But it was just about about getting that information and being patient with it. And I think sometimes that patience is not just sort of waiting for information. It's it's being proactive and getting that information yourself. So, for example, that Talisman video I do, and I know there's a, a number of people, including at Fancy Football Scout, Tom and Neil do, where they do the sort of matchups as well. Say, well, this team are weak on their left. This attacker's on the right he could have a field day and it's those types of matchups. So I'll, I'll probably be looking at those in a bit more detail and certainly will when I have a chat with Tom on, on the goals imminent video, but it's it's wide open. It's definitely wide open, but I, I get totally get what you see. I can definitely see that narrative going. It's gradually the De Bruyne thing's going to move and then everyone's going to panic. Oh, I haven't got De Bruyne. But he might only pay 15 minutes and he might do nothing. Yeah, and it might make future moves trickier as well. Yeah. So yeah. don't fall into the trap of just buying them late. No. You know, think ahead as think ahead as well. Okay, let's have a look at your bus team. So that this probably sums up everything you've been saying about the decisions you've got to do. Do you want to run through your bus team and just sort of recap on those sort of key decisions that you're facing um, in terms of your transfer and and that captaincy that we've discussed? Yeah, so a lot of the a lot of the players this week have good fixtures on paper. So we've got David Raya and Saka away to Forest. 
Uh, Pedro Porro home to Brentford. is stupid and away to Luton. Trent could well be back for Chelsea. I hope he is uh, because it would be nice to have him when not everyone owns him at the moment and, and we'll be trying to get him back in. Foden and Alvarez at home to Burnley at the moment and that's where the armband is currently on Alvarez but we'll see what happens if De Bruyne makes an appearance etc. Bowen's home to Bournemouth frustrating recently but a good fixture on paper. Palmer's away to Liverpool. He's a talisman. He stays in the team. Watkins at home to Newcastle, which is a good fixture these days with the recent Newcastle defensive numbers. And Solanke, Blanken recently as well, but I like the West Ham fixture. And I, I like having Solanke when a lot of people have Areola. I like backing yeah. my striker to to wipe out the goalkeeper clean sheet. So, um, yeah, that's the team on paper. Garnacho's the first sub, which is all, always decent if he's needed. So it will depend on the status of Haaland, obviously. It will depend on Trent's fitness. Um, but, yeah. I, I, I'm tempted, very tempted by De Bruyne now that I've looked at it during the during the video. Okay, so um, yeah, chances are Alexander Arnold should be fit for this one. You know, but if he's not, um, what would you do there? Because your your weak link would possibly be your third defender, Gus, Gusto, um, away to Liverpool, and then Bell um, at home to Brighton. So I've got, as I keep saying every video, Alfie Doughty. So I don't mind playing him against Brighton because I'm not expecting a clean sheet. But Bell, I'm not sure about. So what would you do? Would you just be happy just to go into that with Gusto or Bell? Not really. If 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 Trent was definitely going to be out, it might change my plans because the front seven is fine the way it is. Mm. Then it would be a case of probably improving maybe a Gusto, possibly when, when the matchup's not great this week against Liverpool. But there's always a, the, the rolling option as well. You know, I could just take it on the chin. If, if there's doubts over Trent, maybe leave him leave him in the 11. If he doesn't play, Gusto comes in. Hopefully it's two points, not minus two points. Uh, lucky not to get sent off again, you know, when I when I got him off the bench this week. So I almost got my second Gusto red card of the season. Uh, but thankfully, I'm getting five points instead. So, yeah, it's, it'll be... I probably would just roll in that scenario. Okay. Um, so, yeah, obviously, game week's a long time away. So okay. I'm sure something else will crop up in the meantime. Okay, there is plenty more... Um... Uh, videos and podcasts in Game Week 22, uh, which will help um, Mark and me, hopefully, <laughs> to uh, uh, to really pin down some of those tough decisions that we've got, particularly around a captaincy and what could be an open game week if, if Haaland's not back. Um, that sort of fighting the Twitter narrative of that's going to push towards De Bruyne, who could, that could end up being an absolutely brilliant narrative and De Bruyne bangs. It could be awful and he barely plays, plays a minute and uh, and lets us down. But also, yeah, just some of those options there. So, I mean, I'm looking at this. I mean, I've got, I'm, I'm probably going to, I've got, I've got Garnacho first sub as well, but I've got Haaland. <laughs> so Garnacho probably will play for me. Um, and so that's a sort of difference there. But I, th- I think a lot of players with those cheap players, Chris Wood, for example, um, and maybe not in this game against us, but you never know. But Chris Woods, um, Garnacho, Palmer is still really cheap as well. I mean, this is a is whilst you and I haven't had good weeks, this is a this is a, a golden age, I think, for FPL, weirdly. The amount of choice, the amount of players we've just talked about. <laughs> a friend of mine a friend of mine wildcarded and gave me twenty one yeah. and he sent me a picture of his team and he had thirteen million in the bank. <laughs> I don't think I've I don't think I've ever seen that before. No, I've seen with um I was looking at the your your elite sixty four league. I was just looking at the the top five or so just to see because sometimes I do that just to see how far away I am from them in terms of their thinking. 
And yeah, I mean, it ranged from five to six million in the bank to there was a, a 13 million in there as well. Um, and, but a lot of them, yourself, nine million. And I just thinking, you know, this wouldn't have, I, I've never, I've never known this before where there is so much choice and so many cheap players. And I, I, I still see this narrative about the template. My God, I'd never, I don't know what the template is at the moment. There, there is no template. Yeah. It's a total free fall of Salah and Haaland. Yeah, we said, we said at the start of the season it was shaping up to be the first normal season and a good season, and, and I think that's what we have. Yeah, yeah. And I think we're just getting into the fun part now, you know, chip season and all that. Yeah. So, people who maybe aren't where they want to be in many yeah. leagues and, and and stuff, there's there's plenty of routes to go to to make up ground. So, right. a very exciting part of the season we're moving into now. Definitely, um, we'll be back again next week. Um, we'll get your firm thoughts about your transfers. That'll be next Monday, um, yeah. as usual. But we the deadline's Tuesday, so this will be quite firm plans there, and we'll have a lot of information about cup games as well. Um, there's all, all the all the regular videos are around this week as well, and and next week, and we'll have that all important team news I'll be doing with Neil on Tuesday afternoon, um, which I'll definitely be very keen to hear Neil's thoughts there um, on those moves. Um, Thanks a lot for your time, Mark. Good luck with um, the game week, which is miles away, January the 30th. Um, And good luck with those decisions and good luck assessing all that information. Take care. See you soon. Bye-bye.